What's up, everybody? This is AJ, and uh, this is the Unnecessary Podcast. Let me go ahead and lower that guy. That was Jack White Lazaretto, I guess. Looks like the appropriate pronunciation. I love Jack White. And uh, it appears that we're going to be getting a call. No, actually, we're going to go ahead and give Lee a call. So see what Mr. Fishman is up to here on a Wednesday night. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? You're on the uh, podcast. I'm recording. Oh, my science. So speaking of science, what's up with the weather up there? Uh, well, we just got about 30 inches of snow yesterday. <laughs> uh, it, was about, it was probably 75 degrees last week, and now we got 30 inches of snow. So I can only assume that next week there's going to be a tsunami or, like, uh, another hole in the ozone layer. Like, either one is fine. Man, that's crazy. So I, somebody told me that the ozone layer is really thin around, like, Australia, New Zealand, and that's why you get an extra bad sunburn down there. What do you, what do you think about that? I know that's a complete tangent, but... Uh, oh, well, well, I actually heard that uh, the ozone layer is kind of healing itself. Now that we've stopped spraying uh, so many, uh, what is it, the CDC stuff in, uh, in the hairsprays and all that kind of thing. Right. Stop I, spraying all the crazy chemicals. Yeah. Okay, I heard so that, that too. That's, that sounds great. That means that <clears throat> climate change, in fact, was a hoax. And um, <laughs> uh, Yeah, and we should just keep going, like, dead ahead. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah our, next, our next Department of Energy is just going to be a lump of coal. I'm, sometimes I just sit in my room and spray cans of hairspray into the air. So, <laughs> just when I'm bored, when I'm bored, I buy aerosol cans. I go to like the vintage store just to to buy old ones because I don't know. Do new ones even have like? <laughs> do they make spray paint that's not killing the environment, or what's the deal with that? Because I love street murals and stuff. Do you know? Well, you know, that gives me an idea. What if we opened up a store that only sold old, really toxic things like lead paint? We only have lead paint. <laughs> um, toys that are really flammable. <laughs> really flammable. We'll also sell gasoline, just uh, in case. Yeah, irrationally, irrationally flammable, you're saying those toys are? Yeah. <laughs> Imminently flammable. <laughs> Yeah, like, like they will catch I fire. Need heat from like a human hand. Like I need to sell them before they catch fire. Like that's how flammable they are. <laughs> um, that's, yeah. that's a hilarious. That's you know this is one of my great loves is the the fake business the the ba- really bad business plan. So th- oh, yeah. this is fucking I mean, right up my alley. Well. Now now presumably there are safeguards in place when you're buying these super dangerous things. Um, the only safeguard is your own imagination. Oh, <laughs> so no official safeguards is what you're saying. Okay. Uh, I mean, we're, we're pretty much going to have to work, uh, you know, kind of like off the books because, you know, laws and, you know, we'll, we'll use child labor, so that won't be good for business. So just kind of right. sweep it under the rug. You know, it's hope that everything works out. <laughs> sweep it under the rug. Literally sweep. I call them it, the child laborers. But, um, uh, yeah, you, there's a, a, a room underneath the rug that they, uh, right. right. The rug is a term is what we call the dungeon, the work dungeon. <laughs> it's an effect. The we rug. call it the rug. 
the the repository <laughs> underground um, gate gate hell. I don't know. Um, <laughs> well, I was thinking child labor too, but that that brings me to a good point. Eva goes out of her way. I don't know if we talked about this before, but she like influences. I mean, she the the the. She makes purchasing decisions based on moral and ethical principles. It's like I'm such an idiot for not thinking well, about this. Millennial, that's like that's that's a standard millennial, you know, buying habits. If you ever watch Shark Tank, they always talk about that. How millennials are much more likely. It's it's not what you buy. It's it's who you buy. You know what I mean? It's not people don't buy people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. That's a great point. I'm I'm afraid yeah. I'm afraid though that although it's it's who we buy now, it's still we're falling into like somebody's marketing campaign. I mean, we all love Apple products. I'm recording this. I have two Apple products right now on my desk. And um like that's all child labor and and I've talked about this previously about how electronics, no matter where you get them, is going to involve unethical labor at some point. But um like it doesn't yeah. make us any less fanatical so for Apple. Or dug up in Africa, you know? Right, exactly. It doesn't make us any less, um, you know, favorable of Apple. But I love, but but also, like, I'm, see, I consider myself conscious. Like, I like to buy local with, with my fruit. She's also taught me to, to, to eat less meat because of the, the sustainable impact on that. Um, so, like, I eat less oh, yeah. meat or, like, I look into what I'm eating a lot more. I mean, I've always been interested in clean, healthy food. But it's always been like a selfish thing. And like she's opened my eyes to th eating food, not just based on what's best for me, but what's best for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it would be great if, if our communities were all centered around like a farm. You know what I mean? And everyone in the community goes to one farm. So then each community is essentially a farm with surrounding people and businesses, but it all comes back to the food source. Whereas now, you know what I mean? Half the country is destroyed for agriculture and uh, meat products and all that kind of stuff. So if we can get back to that local, everybody goes to the farmer's market kind of thing, uh, it would work out. But it's just it's tough because most people don't think like we do in terms of that. Right. So. You'll. You, that's a great point. You would go to the farmer's market. You would see there are literally no chickens or there is literally no beef, or maybe there's only chickens or only beef. And it's like, this is your fucking yep. deal. Like, make do. And um, people people think that that's a limitation on freedom. I mean, I get in this argument all the time um, because, you know, ridiculous, bloody socialist over here. But um, people's satisfaction level will conform to their surroundings. And, and, and I'm obsessed with, you know, how how people are are products of the situation, but um, but also yeah, feeling more connected to your food is going to make you feel better. Um, you get to see the results right there, and I feel like if you if I pitch this to people, they they have a million objections, and this is why ultimately we need a sentient supercomputer to solve all our problems because in about fucking five seconds that supercomputer would be like, dude, you have this farm x amount of miles from you, and like. Just it, it would be able to solve all our food issues. It'd be like, oh, you can just pull from this 30-mile radius and, you know, people aren't – you don't have to change how labor works. It's just you change where the resources go. But, yeah, it'd be delightful.
Yeah, I think that, that I think that idea is perfect, but I don't think we're technologically there in terms of the other side of all that because people inherently are lazy and, and want to do the, the least amount of work as possible. So what's the least amount of work? Go to the nearest store. Go to the cheapest nearest store. And I think until we have some kind of robotic drone delivery of these kinds of things, that's when things are going to really switch over, when people don't have to do any work to change. They can just kind of press a button and, okay, now I'm getting local. You know what I mean? Change my, my delivery robot from delivering from Walmart to delivering from this local farm. That's a that's another great point. Um, I think that there's there can be a distinction between um, laziness and convenience. Like I don't think that humans are inherently lazy. Like you can you can see when you put somebody in the right situation, you give them the right diet, make sure they get eight hours of sleep, unless they have a physical you know anatomical behavioral you know thing yeah, going no, on. No, you're you're 100 percent right. I- that's definitely convenience is definitely a better word than laziness. The search for convenience as opposed to uh, the word that I use. Right, but, yes, I, but I it's totally agree with you. but it's a great that's a great distinction. To me. I've never thought of that. And um, in terms of like consumerism and and what we want, it's like it's not fucking our fault that this is what is given to us. Like I'm presented with the option of fifteen dollar jeans and just like. Just like fuckface Shavitz, that 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 dumb senator from Utah who said that iPhones, you know, people have to stop buying iPhones and start considering buying healthcare with that money. It's like it's oh, not yeah, it's not fucking my fault that there's a service agreement that you lock in for two years and you only have to pay ten dollars a month, like to get like it's not my fault the system works this way, douche. <laughs> yeah, they created it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that that distinction between convenience and laziness because we always want things to be convenient so if we if we find a way to make that still convenient and still have our lives be streamlined enough where the the basic nuts and bolts of our lives aren't changing we still sleep in the same house our family's protected we still have the same job or the same kind of job um those are people's biggest fears at socialism and the and the ability to have luxury um but if you can find a way to combine convenience convenience with ethical practices but in the meantime people like eva are fucking saints because with her clothing purchases she like like i said i buy 17 dollar pair of jeans and i need to stop that and i need to start biting the bullet on fucking 60 dollar pair of jeans that don't look as nice or or whatever and they're but they're ethically made Ugh. right fucking a yeah things are too cheap it's not that it's not that you know uh stuff created in these uh, bad ways is uh, is inexpensive. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is things shouldn't be this cheap because they're being made unethically. That's the reason why they're so cheap. So there should never be, you know what I mean? There should never be a dollar menu. There should never be, you know what I mean, a dollar hamburger because obviously the things that are going into producing a hamburger are shit and that's why it costs a dollar. You know what I mean? A hamburger should be probably $6 if you're getting it from one cow that was raised locally, grass-fed. You know what I mean? So same thing with clothing. It shouldn't be as cheap as it is, but now we're used to it. So it's, how do we get away from that? It's such a fucked up system. Yeah, I'll never forget. There's that documentary from the mid to, mid to late 2000s, um, Food, Inc., 
and they talk about that yeah, burger. That, yeah. yeah, that burger being sourced. All those different ingredients, the lettuce and beef, tomatoes, like from all parts of the world, and it fucking somehow gets to you with the packaging for under a dollar is mind-boggling, yeah. <laughs> and um, it's sickening when if you, if you put any thought into it. Um, and there's also like the cases of, of things that are manufactured in the U S and then shipped fucking overseas to be assembled and then shipped back here because that's cheaper. Like, wow, that is mind blowing. Yeah. Like we are burning the fuck through fossil fuels. I'm like, we are shipping thousands and millions of tons of raw materials and assembled, like pre-assembled, you know, goods to other countries to assemble them and send them right back. Um, it's a weird fucked up system. It, it is. And it's, it's like that greed just pushes it through. And it's almost as if the people in charge, well, I guess they don't care, but it's like they think that there is nothing that we could do to affect the planet. Like, it's, everything is constant, and we're just here, and there's always going to be a constant stream of resources coming at us. But it's like in the, the 1800s when people were exploring the oceans, and there's just so much fish, so much biodiversity in the ocean, and people thought, you know, how can we ever affect this huge, enormous ocean that just goes across the entire planet? But now you look, and we're overfishing, we're killing out entire ecosystems, we're destroying the, all the, the, the reefs are dying, we're acidifying the ocean, or melting the ice caps, and, and people are still thinking, oh, we, you know, it's not us, like, this will just happen anyway. I'm not even sure like that one always boggles my mind how people will insist you know that this isn't happening and part of me thinks yeah. that deep down they just don't want to believe it's happening you know yeah well we actually talked about that on our long podcast that shall never be heard uh, ever again <laughs> about the whole um, nationalism nationalism versus globalism divide where liberals are more interested in globalism, bringing the world together and working together, whereas nationalists who are usually conservative are more interested in, you know, securing the border and what's best for us. But if you look at a problem like climate change, that's a global problem. That's a global issue. You can't solve that on a nationalistic scale. So what's the only thing you can do if that's your mindset is just pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, I remember, yeah, that... That globalism versus nationalism um, reminds me, like we had talked about, of the, the, the key to successful growth is always diversity of opinions. And it's always why, yeah. like when you, when, like if you think about the Silk Road or back um, with early humans and, or if you think in, you know, genetics and biology, um, when you have two groups coming together you know, there's conflict and there's clashing and there's a bottleneck, like specifically in things like genetics. But out of that wide variety and diversity um, of source material, you know, comes great growth. And when, when you shut that off, it's it's counterintuitive. And it you can see how it's a pattern. It speaks, nationalism speaks to a part of the human brain that is like, closed off and and fearful. and immature and and scared and fearful and filled with anger and and the id you know it taps into the id that's what crowd psychology yep. talks about but yeah it's that whole fear thing and at the end you just 
it gets into this closed feedback loop where it's just the same opinions in an echo chamber, and everyone's just saying the same thing. And it's the, the same way on, you know, on Facebook and on Google uh, with all the analytics. And after a while, you're seeing advertisements for all the stuff that you like, and you're getting recommendations from news sources that line up with your beliefs. And, you know, sometimes you've you got to hear beliefs that are outside of your belief system because how would you know they exist? How would you know there's other people who think things so strongly equally as strongly as you do in an opposite way, you have to know that. You have to know that there's people who take a shit and sit down and wipe and also stand up and wipe. And it's about 50-50. And most people don't know that, but that's the truth. You know what I mean? There's stand-up wipers and sit-down wipers. And there's, you know, nationalists and globalists. And there's fascists and, and people who are, who are down for everybody. And, you know, there's always going to be a difference of opinion. There's never going to be one global consciousness until you create your... Uh, your sentient robot that controls everything. <laughs> the sentient supercomputer. I, I heard or read yeah. some once this the theory of like we'll never come together on global consciousness until we have a global threat. And and clearly, <laughs> we thought it was global warming, but people are just so stupid. Um, yeah. So I don't know alien alien invasion. Yeah, the the supercomputer. We just need that sentient supercomputer to solve all our problems. That's my bet. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I think I told you about that movie Arrival that I saw. And it's actually about exactly what we're talking about. Um, quick synopsis, uh, 12 alien megaliths, like giant floating stones they look like, land in 12 different parts of the world. And uh, they're, they're not confrontational. They just, like, uh, they're there. They're not hurting anybody. And in each of the places that they land... Uh, the, whatever government is there send scientists in, and there's like a big screen in there. And on the other side of the screen, there's these uh, two aliens that come and like interact with whatever humans go in. And it's all about language. It's all about um, us trying to teach them our language and trying to learn their language. And how, you know, if an extraterrestrial came here and didn't know any of our language or culture, how we would teach each other. Um, and it was just all about working together and how we all speak different languages, but it's all in the same, you know, kind of sphere of just people. That sounds really cool. Um, yeah. Hmm. yeah, it was an excellent, excellent movie, Arrival. I would highly recommend it. I would give it a 10 out of 10. Huh. That's, that's um, it's almost like the opposite of Avatar. Avatar? Avatar? How do you pronounce that? Avatar, Avatar, yeah, which was basically Pocahontas and CGI. <laughs> Dude, they really beat me over the head with the morality metaphor stick in that movie. I felt like, yeah, I was like, all right, yeah. I get it. You're fu This is Iraq. This is <laughs> Vietnam. This is everything. I got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I and, mean, I, I saw it. I saw it when it first came <laughs> out in IMAX in 3D. And it fucking, it blew my mind how amazing the graphics were and just the visual presentation of that absolutely exploded what I, it was, you know, 10 times better than anything I'd ever seen and it totally blew me away. But it is just Pocahontas off in outer space. <laughs> On steroids. You know what I mean? Like, peeps. The P, yeah, yeah, basically the people come in and try to take the land and they're like, wait, this is our land and then fall in love and blah, blah, blah and becomes one of them and... You know, but Pocahontas was 12 years old and John Frick was like in his 20s, so it was a little more messed up, but still a good movie. Yeah, I'm I'm so spoiled. Like, I mean, also because it was 
the whole buildup, I mean, I read a lot about it. I'm I'm a movie nerd. Yeah. And James Cameron, his yeah. first movie in what, ten years? Um yeah. might have been his first movie since Titanic. He's been trying to make it. He'd been trying to make it since the nineties, but he didn't have the technology, he said. So he that was, was waiting the, that, to make this movie for like a decade. That makes it sound like it's gonna be something crazy and it was good it was like really good but i'm so spoiled but at the end like in the theater i'm at i also saw it in theaters like fairly new non-3d but really great yeah. theater and, and people gave it a standing ovation at the end and <laughs> at first i'm like who the fuck like this is not a q a like he's not coming out yeah. um, but also like real i was about to start booing because i'm very reactionary i need to like give things <laughs> i need to like let things simmer before i like do things yeah but my impulse yeah, I, I know what you mean. My impulse was like I'm my blood is boiling right now like I want to boo just to give it a balance like you people don't like I, did we watch the same movie? I get that I do that a lot. Did yeah. we watch the same movie? Yeah. I I think definitely the, the IMAX 3D was what put it over the edge for me cuz you know you put those glasses on you're like there you're there things are flying by your head it was it was crazy. So if I hadn't have seen it in 3D, I definitely would not have liked it mm. and would not have had the same experience. Things are flying by your head. People's heads are fucking coming off. That's cool. People's uh, heads are falling off. Yeah. <laughs> what is that from? Well, that well, I guess Dumb and Dumber is uh, pets. Dumb and Dumber. Pets' heads are yeah. falling off. Okay, I think that's what I was going for. But, but, but yeah, the, the pirate. But yeah, if you're a movie buff, dude, Arrival. It got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was so good, it blew, it blew my mind. It could have been an M. Night Shyamalan-esque kind of movie, and it it was excellent. I've never seen anything like it. It was great. <laughs> Wait, did you say M. Night Shyamalan? Shamalama ding dong. Shamalama ding dong. Shamalam. M night shimalong. I like Shamalama ding dong. Um, yeah. Hey, hey, just so you know, your voice is not as clear as it usually is uh, on my end. Usually, you're like you sound like you're in like a professional studio. So I don't know if that's going to affect anything on your end. I'm sorry about that. Are you? Am I still audible to you? Yeah, you're audible. It's just it's usually crystal clear, so I wasn't sure if, if anything was wrong. But if not, then sorry, I just interrupted the podcast for no reason. No, what I did was I, I sacrificed your ability to hear me with everyone yeah. else's ability to hear you. So your your audio is oh, okay. is coming through like fucking gold. Gold, Jerry. It's gold. Okay, great. Yeah, I can still, I can definitely hear you fine. Yeah, fine enough. Yeah, so that's fine. Plus, plus I keep leaning back like I'm. I keep fucking rocking back and forth like I'm Ray Charles. I'm sure that'll be audible on the podcast. So, (laughs) okay. Like Pepsi, you got the right stuff era, Ray Charles. Yeah. Yeah. You just gotta get one of those like headsets that uh, like top stars wear, like pink. She has like the headset on with the microphone in front of her mouth. I'm glad you used pink (laughs) specifically. (laughs) <laughs> because if there's one pop star that I most relate to, it's Pink. Yeah. Oh, fucking totally. I see yeah. when I look in the mirror, I either see Terry Crews or I see Pink. Speaking of Terry Crews, I you know how they have all those like sponsored ads on Facebook. There's a, a Terry Crews video that I just see as a sponsored ad all the time <laughs> where he's just talking about how he beat his uh, pornography addiction. 
And he's just like I watched him one time. It's, it's just so ridiculous. Um, he said that <laughs> he was he was masturbating so often that he was like missing out on his family and like cutting off social ties with people. And he said that once he stopped watching porn, he got four jobs. That's what he said. He was I got four jobs when I stopped watching <laughs> porn. He said, my life was going in a direction I didn't want it to go. And I'm just thinking, how how much were you jerking it? To, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like wow, like that must have really got out of hand. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> You're it's a great pun. He definitely did not get out of hand. He stayed very much in hand for the very entire duration. Yeah, I mean, it'll you'll fall down yeah. a fucking hole. Addiction's one of those. I'm I'm an I am a fucking addict, dude. I'm as neurotic and OCD. I've had to. I used to have horrible OCD with ticks and eye things and squinting and all different sorts of ticks, and and I had to get that under control. And my dad, you know, I I have a family of of addiction issues, so it's like it's one of those things, man. Where like. It's this, you ring that bell and then you want to ring that bell over and over again and you won't feel good until you yeah. do it. It's like this weird impulse that goes beyond, you know, it's, like, it's a very like specific... Holding, like holding your breath almost. Like the urge to breathe when you're holding your breath. Um, in a way, yeah, it can, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I specifically used to feel the f- feeling that I would stop breathing if I did not... Yeah. do this weird epiglottis throat thing. Like it's hard to describe, but yeah, I, I had like serious problems and it was through like cognitive therapy and years of meditation and like mindfulness and, um, that I was able to, cause I never wanted to take medication and it was never forced upon me. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, um, that's it's a, funny. All these years living with you, I never noticed. It may have been under control by that point. It may not have, it probably wasn't like, it, it was like all through my childhood and I started meditating when I was like 17 or 18. Um, okay. No, I probably still had it. Yeah. I'm, I think I don't, yeah. So, but that's hilarious. So I'm totally going to jerk off to Terry Crews talking about how much he jerked off. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> so I'm an awful person. I just picture, I, I picture him with like four laptops and like three cell phones. And each one is rigged to, like, start a different video, like, at a certain interval. And he's got, like, like a, a Sam's Club pallet of tissues in the back that's <laughs> still on, like, the wooden pallet, still wrapped in saran wrap. Um, he, yeah. he, he hit one of his muscles just explodes while jerking off because he's, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's got that ninja he's grip. Got that ninja grip. So I love, yeah, um, I love Terry Crews. So going, um, you mentioned Dumb and Dumber. I, I've been talking about this. I've been thinking about this a lot. But movies that may or may not hold up well. And when Eva asks me about a movie or when I mention a movie and people wonder if it's good, I tell them like a 13-year-old AJ thought this movie was fantastic. I don't know if we've, right. I don't know if we've talked about this on on the pod yet, but Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I believe we did. We didn't talk about Dumb and Dumber, but we definitely talked. We hit on that issue. Okay. But I, I definitely agree with you, but I don't. I don't think that makes it any less valid. You know, just because you liked something at one point and then moved on, still was an important part in your progression in that era. You know. Right. So Dumb and Dumber. What say you? What do you think? 
Um, I saw Dumb and Dumber pretty recently, and it is still very funny. There's no, you know, there's no other movie like it. It's, it's just, it's Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels just, just doing it the whole time. Jim Carrey, like funny scenes. Yeah. You know, caught in the toilet and having to sneak out, and like she's at the. You know, just great scenes. It's, it's just a, a very <laughs> unique movie. Yeah, a Samsonite. Like I just the the oh, er, the earnestness in the delivery is um is like magical. Like that is, I think that's a hard thing to pull off. Um, it reminds oh, yeah. it reminds to make it to make it through life to get to the age of those characters and still be that insanely naive is so ridiculous and to pull it off so smoothly is just genius from those two. The the age of the characters. Right. And this this is a great to my to a point I was thinking about um Jim Carrey's character, Harry or Lloyd, I don't remember, but I think it's Harry. Uh, Harry or uh, Lloyd Lloyd is Jim Carrey. Harry took care of it. <laughs> okay, I got Lloyd you. Christmas. Lloyd Christmas. <laughs> But Lloyd Christmas's character reminds me of Kimmy Schmidt um, in that show that I love with Tina Fey. And Kimmy Schmidt's character, her background is she was she was um, kidnapped and put in an underground vault by a cult leader for like 15 years, and that is why she has the development of a of a 15 year old, and she's 29 or 30. Um, so Kimmy, if you've never seen it, watch it. And her delivery and her reactions are so genuine and earnest like you can see it in her face her fucking all it is so funny her confusion yeah, about the world yeah. mm-hmm. I've, I've never seen that show actually so yeah it's it's very lloyd christmas-esque like her her fascination with the world and her ability yeah it's it's she was a part of a she was a mole woman as they call her um <laughs> really really funny but um, yeah, I, I highly recommend that one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, check that out. So I, I don't I, unless you have something to talk about. I got I, I wanted to wanted to go behind the camera, go behind the lens, break the fourth wall. If you if you if you know what I mean. Okay. Well, should I pack, like pack a bowl while you're doing that? <laughs> I mean, it was uh, yeah. You can do that. I mean, I'll just ramble. Yeah, go right. ahead and pack a bowl. Um, so, I just I called you up on spec. Obviously, well, we 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 postponed a little bit, but um, I wanted to get the call recorded and kind of just get you starting to talk, and that's kind of how I like to run. The podcast. I feel like that's how we work well together. Like, remember that time we tried to like have a pre-planning meeting, and we were like, "Let's just fucking hop on the air," right? Yeah. So, I so you know the unnecessary podcast. I feel like that works well. Now, there's I I am neglecting to to think about like the different formulas under which podcasts are ran and. Um, I'm going to call it the Steve model versus the Lee model, for lack of a better word. Um, okay. Last week was easily the worst audio recording quality I've ever had. Um, yeah. Which was unfortunate, but but amidst doing other things, I called Steve, or I was trying to call Steve, and he was 
he was not having it. He was none too pleased with like the on spec call, even though we had planned like a day in advance. I said, Hey, we're going to do a podcast at this time on this day. He said, awesome. Perfect. And so even though that was agreed upon, he, he felt like really, he was not having, upon. he felt infringed upon. Thank you. Um, it was really funny. Cool. And he, and he, Steve's what we call a repeater. Now for the three listeners out there, they know that AJ is what you'd call a repeater. But Steve is a repeat customer <laughs> of the repeater. So, um, okay. but, but he, but he also had some interesting, great ideas about like, cause, cause once he figured out that he was on a recording, we had to dump it cause the audio was horrible. But once he figured out that we were trying to record, he went into this, this mode, which was really great. He's like a great fucking broadcaster. Um, but it's real, it's real Steve. It's got a real heavy scent of Steve. Oh, Steve's musk is left all over the broadcast. <laughs> Okay. And it's a delightful, intoxicating musk, Lee. But it's not... Of course. Oh, I, I, I know. I'm, I'm a huge Steve fan. <laughs> Spent a lot of time hanging out, hanging out in the past. I'm a huge Steve fan. He came out to one of my shows in Pittsburgh. Not many people did. Oh, that's huge so cool. Steve, fan. Steve, if you're listening, huge fan of Steve, if you're listening. <laughs> I, love how, I love how we have to curtail it with we love you, Steve. Steve knows we love him. Yes. Steve knows me. Yeah, true. But he goes into he goes into broadcast mode, and um, it's pretty fantastic. And it got me thinking, like he could be like a it could be a news podcast. I mean, I don't do shit for prep for this, and the listeners can can obviously see that. And you're sitting in a in a parking lot in <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts packing a bowl. So um, I've broken the fourth wall it's there. Wall is what you're saying. The fourth wall. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, people do weird news. I mean, I'm sure weird news would be a good... I literally, on my, on my half-assed notes that I wrote down the other day, on the bottom I wrote weird news, question mark. <laughs> so, that's the amount of prep I do. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah? That's what I do. Yeah, I think the, the different formats go along with different personalities. I feel like when we get on the, when we get on the phone together, we can just talk, and we just... We have a lot of similar interests and similar uh, tangent points, so it, it works well. So with different people, you gotta you approach things from different directions, you know. With different people, you need to approach things from different directions. See, when you when you repeat exactly what somebody says, but you just slow it down, you sound really <laughs> fucking wise. Really newsy. Mm-hmm. Um. Eva picked up all too quickly that that's my fucking move to pretend like I'm listening. I mean, I'm half listening all the time, which for me, 50% yeah. listening is better than most people's full attention. Um, not that I'm more special. I'm fucking dirt. But my ability to listen is better than others. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm not, I'm not evaluating my time. I'm evaluating the quality of, of my listening. Um, Eva, if you, Eva figured out really fucking quickly that my my strategy is to just repeat the last thing that was said in that sentence. So I'm not listening at all. And then she's like, so I told her it's really a pain in the ass to switch it. And then I go, yeah, it is really a pain in the ass to switch it. And she goes, thank you. <laughs> but she doesn't go, thank you. That's a 40-year-old virgin move. That's from the 40-year-old virgin. Ask her uh, questions or just repeat what she said. Right. 
Yeah, so um, she's on to me on that. So that's no good. But um, I'm going to do that with work now. If anybody ever asks me something, you know, whether it's a coworker or a client or whatever, they'll just be, hey, is, does that VPN backup in, include VMware? And, I'll, and I'll, just, I'll just have to repeat it back to them. I'll be like, that, that VPN, I, I've been, that VPN, I couldn't even fucking say it. <laughs> I couldn't even get the first, the third letter of the first word I could not get correctly. <laughs> so that'll blow my cover. But let's assume I knew which word. You just repeat back to them, ah, the VPN covering VMware. I was just looking into that. I know that we work a lot with VMware. I have no idea what we work with. Um, I've been asking okay. about the VPN. Let me ask him again because – Let's just get you into into this demo, and, and we'll ask a specialist. See, doesn't that sound like like I knew I know I know I know, but it's just one of those things that let's let's you know, it's not for sure. Even though I have no fucking idea what yeah. any of those words mean. Right. So you just repeat and then bullshit, and you know, step one, repeat. Step two, bullshit about the thing you just repeated. Like. Oh, okay. You, I think that's called regurgitate and bullshit. So what you do is you vomit on the floor and then you turn around and you turn down your trousers and you just liquid shit all over that vomit. And then you get on all fours and you fucking kitty lick your fucking mixture together. Does that sound, does that sound right? Sounds like one of the layers of hell. It does. Dante's Inferno. Listen, Lee, I hate to cut this short, but I actually have um, a conference call with my political action committee, Wolfpack, because we're trying to take back democracy at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. All right. I'm so sorry to cut it short. Um, I'm so happy that you fucking sledged through the snow. You didn't have to do that, by the way. 30 inches. That's more inches. That's I've had 25 inches of cock inside of me at once. You know, I've had eight in the in the back and I've had nine up front and I've had a couple of handfuls of nine whatever that equals <laughs> but anyway no you're the man um we got to keep this conversation going so we'll 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 tap back maybe next week is that work Sounds good All right I'm sorry to let you go but I love you and you're the best and this was a good good talk I think this was good pod Yeah it was like you know quick and to the point, there's no shame in finishing early. And, uh, yeah. Well, I think you should stay. <laughs> no shame in finishing early. <laughs> see, see, Lee, that's why you bring the funny. But, um, <laughs> all right. It's not a shame to finish early. Don't let anybody tell you different. I'm playing the dumb infomercial music from the 50s. So that's that's all for the unnecessary podcast with Lee. This is AJ. Thanks guys. We love you.